Welcome to the EMDC Podcast, where you get to know the people, places, and possibilities behind the global EMDC community. We're glad you are watching or listening. I'm your host, Tim Cowley of Expat Media Pro and Global Creatives Collective. My co-host is the founder of EMDC, Steve Ballman. EMDC is a global community of Jesus followers who have been generally meeting together at a conference venue each year. In 2020, we rolled out an online platform for ongoing training and connecting, and with that, a big growth in serving and connecting more people into our network. Through this podcast, we aim to create community and provide encouragement by talking with communication experts who use their particular expertise to more effectively share the gospel in mainly non-Christian regions. Episodes 19 and 20, recorded on August 17, 2021, focuses on the general topic of scripture engagement. Our guests for these two episodes include Dr. Wayne Dye, Michelle Peterson, and David Gray. In episode 19, we learned some of the background that brought Michelle Peterson and David Gray into scripture engagement. In this episode, Dr. Wayne Dye will share about his own background in scripture engagement that brought him to where he is today. Later on, Michelle shares a common misconception about the timing of when scripture engagement begins. We will also look at training opportunities for those who want to explore scripture engagement further, from one-hour online sessions to certificates and Master of Arts programs. Welcome to another episode of the EMDC podcast. This is actually our last episode of season one, and this has been a wild ride, I guess, if you want to call it wild. We've bounced around all over the world, really, and had a lot of different concepts thrown at us. And we've had some really sweet time uh, hearing from experts in the field on all kinds of different aspects of communication within the missions context and within cross-cultural settings. Uh, how about for, for you, Wayne? Do you have anything from your uh, career that led you to, to this point? I think one of the most uh, formative things that happened in my life was very early, before there was such a thing as a Bible app, because there was no such a thing as a cell phone. And we did have um, disc recordings, that is the old-fashioned platters with a, with a, a little needle pushing on them, uh, which in the technology of what people had where I was working were pretty useless, because they just didn't know how to handle it. But we had, I, I visited a couple of places, and one uh, a translator that was known as a, as a, as a really a, a very important linguist, uh, told me that she spent uh, most of her year, every year, selling scriptures in the marketplace and showing them how the Word of God had things that were relevant to their personal lives. And she said, you can do this in just a few minutes. Come up and talk to them about what are their issues and help them to see how the Bible applies to their issues. And she said, it makes a difference in what happens with them. And... I, I took that away, and then I visited a place that was known for having the strongest church that they knew about, and I went out there and visited, and sure enough, it was the strongest church I've ever seen in, in all my visits to, to field organizations and field places, and I've gotten, I've had the privilege of going to a lot of different language groups, actually, to be there, and this thing was, was unreal. The church was just so so in fire on fire for the Lord and facing persecution and not even flinching about it, that I was amazed. And then I found out that the translators there who, who had told me that we, this is just giving them the Bible, what they meant by that was applying the Bible to their lives 
people would come to them from dawn till dusk, literally. And they would counsel with them and show them what the Word of God had to say. Sometimes just help them with practical things, uh, medical things, things like that. But for the most part, it was what God had to say. And those people taught themselves to read so that they could read that for themselves. And they developed a strong church. That's the only place, by the way, where I've seen people actually do that, teach themselves to read and develop them from that, because they were so excited about what God could do in their lives. So I think my friends know that, for me, felt needs has always been an important part of how we do scripture engagement. And I've been glad to see that uh, things like uh, trauma healing are an obvious example of making use of that. Yeah, I was trained a little bit in community health evangelism, community health education, CHE, and so we had hoped to use that in both Malawi and Mozambique. Um, so we went through a lot of process of getting that started, and of course we ran into issues of competing leadership, and so our village was not a great candidate due to uh, those issues, those roadblocks. However, um, right before COVID, I was able to fly to, to Chad and assist a team there with recording scripture that was kind of like community health education uh, for chatting Arabic, because the scriptures say a lot about our health. And as it turns out, this is a very applicable thing when health is constantly on your mind. Uh, so that's another great um, way of getting scripture into the hearts and minds of people, speaking about something that's very practical. And so I think that we could do this dozens of times with different topics, and, and it's just a really exciting thing. And Steve, do you think that of all of the different people that we've talked to, of all of the different topics that we've covered, is this kind of more your baby scripture engagement? Well, actually, I was in our organization the scripture engagement coordinator for a large region in our organization, and out of that, we had our first EMDC meeting because of that, and that was the way that I decided to kind of do the job I'd been given. So the EMDC gatherings and EMDC online, and don't don't tell this to the people who are strictly media because they think it's a media thing, or the people who are strictly tech, they think it's a tech tech group, but actually it was birthed out of the idea of, of scripture engagement. Yeah, it is, it is really a scripture engagement gathering or network. Now, what's, what's any individual's part to play in that? Well, that, that may be, we can discuss that, and it's all, all working together, but really when you think about it, we all have the same goal of getting people to encounter God through his word, and it changed their lives. So, yeah, we don't wander very far from the theme of that in EMBC, but sometimes in non, it's not very, you know, obvious ways. We come about it in an indirect way in some ways. Yeah, but it's definitely scripture engagement is my background, and not my original background. I'm just like, I think uh, most of the people on this call today are, my background is, was in training, was in Bible translation, fully intending to do a Bible translation, very much like David Gray in a, in a limited access country. We'll just use the term North Africa. And um, when we got there and we started to do some work, we realized that we were not going to be able to distribute, as it were, in quotes, the scriptures in the tr traditional ways of, of, you know, 
printing them and you know and handing them out at some big celebration by the government and, and the minister of education saying we need this and whatever that's just not going to happen i see david gray smiling yeah that he's like yeah that's not going to happen in our country you know no, so so what so how are we what are we going to do what are we going to do as an organization or as a people who want to translate we had to think creatively and then it and then it became it became this idea that not only is it going to be a creative way to get the the translated scriptures out, but it also it has to go back even a step further, as we are trying to explain here. Scripture engagement starts even before you start the translation. What what are the needs? What are the approaches? What's the best scripture to start with? Where do you which which are the best passages that these people need at the most appropriate moment? That kind of a thing, and have to just put away the normal playbook of get in there and start with Genesis or start with Matthew or start with Luke or whatever, and just put that away for for now and engage with the people so that they can engage with the scriptures as as you can begin to um, translate them and produce them you know back back it up a little bit and that that was an aha moment for me because you know you don't when I studied Bible translation anthropology and literacy and things like that to become a Bible translator we didn't know and Wayne will agree this there was there weren't courses on scripture engagement at the time I was taking my early courses in the in the early 80s you know and so so it was an aha moment for the entire organization i think to a certain degree we said wait we're we got to we got to we're tired of having warehouses full of unused fully translated fully checked new testaments you know that's just not working anymore to see the mold grow on those you know we have to do something and it's probably not being better at the after approach it's better at the before approach and so we began to rethink that if you know correct me if i'm wrong guys but i think that that's uh i think that's where we a lot of us came in that direction yeah i can tell you that sil international honestly believed that you didn't have to do scripture engagement it was a deeply held belief um, by the organization and they knew that people were doing different things in different places and that they were getting different results in different places, but those two were not linked together in their minds. They thought it was just a matter that the Holy Spirit chose to bring people to faith in one place and not in another, which, of course, is the sovereign right of the sovereign God. But that was what the, the earth-shaking thing was to find out, no, it wasn't like that. He, the way he brought people to faith was he used people to do all these things that we now call scripture engagement. Yeah, uh, one misconception about scripture engagement work is that it starts at the end of a Bible translation project, and it actually needs to be the foundation throughout the project as well. Mm -hmm. Activities to engage people with the scripture need to happen as it's being translated, and it isn't enough to just tack on a scripture engagement project at the end. But uh, in the partnerships that you develop at the beginning of a Bible translation project, that's where scripture engagement work begins and then as each book is translated you can have activities to use that portion like when the Israelites were wandering around in the desert and they just had manna to eat they probably thought of every way that they <laughs> yeah. could possibly cook manna <laughs> and if you only have Mark what's everything you can do with Mark you know you can sing Mark you can dramatize Mark you can story Mark you can preach Mark you can do Bible discovery Bible studies on Mark <laughs> whatever we can do with Mark we can start doing as soon as we have Mark <laughs> Put it on an app, put it on a phone. Yeah, 
<laughs> and that was very true in my experience, not as a linguist or a Bible translator, but just as a as somebody trying to engage um, my Muslim friends with scripture was, you know, what were some of the felt needs? You know, marriage was a big issue, uh, divorce, you know, and, and teaching about family. So the original earlier people said, hey, we need to translate this mm-hmm. chapter or these books. And, you know, before you know it, you've got this hodgepodge of, you know, this book is done and this book is done. Oh yeah, Genesis is a big one because we need to know where we came from mm-hmm. and we need to know about the law and we need to know, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting how it all kind of, it's like a puzzle, isn't it? So uh, let's look a little bit at training. I would be interested in knowing, let's say, what are the lowest bar entry, get your feet wet kinds of opportunities? If, if this is kind of resonating with somebody, how could they jump on a, let's just say even a basic one hour introduction and then move on from there to the next step and then the next step great question yeah so probably emdc would have the one hour version thereof and uh incremental versions of shorter get your feet wet classes and then the canada institute of linguistics has a seven course set that gets a scripture engagement workers certificate at a basic entry position and you can go clear up to a full MA in scripture engagement at Dallas International University. As you can at Moreland's College, except it won't be called, uh, it would be called an MA in language, community and development. So that is the, it's a deliberately, I can't say that word, deliberately vague title so that it covers linguistics, uh, literacy, scripture engagement. So, um, yeah, so at Moreland's College, you can work up to an MA, but uh, the, ori- the original um, scripture engagement courses are about 10 weeks long. Uh, and you can just stop after those and you end up with a certificate or you can take it further, get a diploma or you can write your thesis, your dissertation and get a whatever you call it in your part of the world. Uh, and you end up with the, uh, the, the whole MA. Also, Dallas International yeah, has, has a certificate yeah. as graduate well as, inter- uh, yeah, as, well as the uh, degree, the certificate, the MA degree, and even just taking one course, it's a lot better to take a basic course in scripture engagement than even to get even a, uh, anything more than that. But I, I think that going back to the to the first beginning, what you said, Tim, there are two things that are are coming, are available and will be available this coming year. Um, one of them was a course we've already taught once. Uh, Michelle and I headed it up, but there were several of us involved with it, and we really felt good about how much we were able to accomplish in about eight sessions, no, 15 sessions, I guess it was, of um, in, in under the EMDC uh, course system. Those were not not for credit, of course, but they were there was a lot of solid teaching in those, and that would be a really good place to begin. Uh, the second one is even more basic. There's going to be an app out quite soon, and that will be available in the MDC as well, called the EMDC Scripture Engagement Guide. And the guide is, is in the final stages of preparation, um, and we're really excited about what that's going to do to enable people to go through their project and ask the right questions, and then taking advantage of those answers, see what resources they have available and what they might be able to do. Uh, we're still looking for resources for that, by the way. But we have we already have, you know, well over 100 resources, but there are more than that available. But for the first step, there's always 
find out what your problem is before you start giving it medicine. We should also give a shout out to two websites. Scripture-engagement.org has a host of resources and scriptureearth.org has links to mm-hmm. all of the free materials available online in all of the world's languages over 2000. That, that is all of the languages that have digital resources over 2000 languages. So assuming someone is not in the U.S. or Canada, uh, are there options for people to do all of these things online? Or do you have other countries where they have good uh, programs that you can recommend? DIU's whole program is online. Uh, that's one thing. Of course, we just mentioned the EMDC courses online. Uh, the SE guide will be available that way. It's a, it's a web app. My course is in the UK, and it, um, it tends to cover mainly people from Europe. But we get a lot of people actually from Asia as well coming to, t- t- coming to learn and Africa. Uh, coming to learn in the UK. So uh, that's very exciting. It's not online. I mean, you could, I, I guess we might be flexible post-COVID because we have had some students online due to COVID. So things are changing. Can IELTS can be either in person or online. And this is very encouraging, uh, Tim, really, because um, they didn't, we didn't have these options before you know, as an option. It's not just an option. There are more and more of the um, uh, mission organizations and Bible translation organizations that are urging or even requiring that their workers get some kind of exposure to this. So having these courses available has been really good because a lot of organizations have now said, oh, you, you, this is part of our training for you to get, to get out to the field. Now includes one uh, dip in the water, a toe dipped in the water in Scripture engagement. Those options didn't exist before, and those organizations weren't mandating or suggesting or urging that before. So it's been a very good um, uh, s- development lately to see more and more people urging people in this direction. And, of course, these universities, these schools, and, um, you know, groups offering this as an option to even do. So uh, we are encouraged by that because um, we do, those of us who are uh, convinced of the scripture engagement concept, we uh, want these organizations to uh, promote this idea and to urge their people to do it. And of course, we've uh, provided the venues for them to do that. Of course, that makes sense. I just kept thinking, oh, everyone is going into scripture translation and, and they're all doing maybe SIL. But yeah, of course, you're open to all different kinds of organizations because you're trying to really train uh, this to go broadly and widely so that this seeps into the very DNA of what we do cross-culturally. Yes, absolutely. I think I would like to mention, too, that Johnson University uh, has, has courses that are used uh, quite quite a lot by Pioneer Bible Translators. And I know the man that teaches SC at Johnson. He's actually um, part of our guide uh, d- design team for our SC guide. Are some of you trainers in the EMDC platform in terms of the the one hour, uh, or I don't know if it's 90 minutes, any of you do that? You mean, have we taught on this, any topics on this? Yeah, I'm curious if if any of you are the experts that would appear on the EMDC platform for kind of leading these discussions. 
As Wayne mentioned, uh, he and I and a group of three other teachers did a 15-hour course on scripture engagement at EMDC. For the one hour, it's on a whole host of different topics that Steve can tell us about. Yeah, the, the problem with an SE course in one, one hour, uh, even in 90 minutes, as you can see, it's, a, it's a, a, a conglomerate of many, many different topics. So we basically spend five minutes on each one, which would introduce <laughs> us to it. That's right. But then I think um, the introduction at that level would not go much beyond what we're doing right here. So I would say that uh, you will be putting something up, Tim, that will be that one-hour introduction or very close to it. And if we want to get into details, then you're, 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 you're probably taking that 15-session that 15, 15, uh, course. Yeah, Yeah, I did a session on ancestor worship, what the Bible yeah. teaches about ancestor worship yeah. uh, recently. That's the most recent session I've done on the EMDC platform. So that's a very specific thing. But it, there were a lot of people there. I was surprised how many people. Uh, and they, uh, some of them really have to deal with this issue on a daily, daily basis. You know, people are um, attracted to ancestor worship. It's just part of their way of life. Um, and even those who profess to be Christians may continue the practice in some way or other. Another really powerful EMDC seminar is Culture Meets Scripture, and it's looking at how to live as a Christian in one's culture. Yeah. So they look at traditional beliefs and practices concerning things like uh, funerals or how you do a Christian wedding and um, different holidays, whatever events cause believers tension in a culture. And you talk about the assumptions underlying the practices. Um, instead of bringing God's word directly to the practice, you bring God's word to the assumption underlying the practice. And then as a community, you work through how a Christian can live in that culture and uh, how you can transform rituals to give honor to God. That has been very powerful in a lot of cultures. Um, Wayne in his PhD research found that good news encounters were the number one uh, recommended activity for showing people that God's word is relevant to life. That's when you um, bring God's word to bear on everyday life situations. And Culture Meets Scripture is like a societal good news encounter where they discover that God's word is relevant to their culture. So I highly recommend that workshop at EMDC. Yeah. There's also something very close to um, to a good, a good news encounter mm -hmm. uh, and what the weavers are doing with weaving stories together in conversation. The conversational evangelism approaches that the weavers are using is built uh, as a type of good news encounter and it's probably the most effective manifestation of that approach that I've seen because it's focused exactly on whatever needs people have and what God has to say about it and how to, how to move from a casual conversation into dealing with the real issues. So you see, Tim, those are all good examples of scripture engagement, but we don't approach scripture engagement as a kind of a scripture engagement 101, 102, 201, 202. It doesn't build, it doesn't build like <laughs> microbiology does or something like a, like a hard science, as it were. You know, we, so, so David brings up ancestor worship, and he was surprised that so many people showed up. Well, of course, because there's so many people who are dealing with that in their daily lives, and they want to know what David was talking about 
thinking about how does a scripture address this, and so that scripture engagement. But it's also anthropology. You see, it's also sociology, but it's scripture. How does the scripture go together with the anthropology and the sociology? In the same way what Michelle was saying about the scripture meets culture meets scripture. In the same way what Wayne says about the weavers, how they weave it into your daily life, my story, your story, your story, my story, his story. How does the scripture, you know, there's so many creative ways that people are coming up with these days to say, you sit with someone on a bus or at work and you say, what's your story? And they tell you your story and you've got a few, a few things in your mind of where the scripture overlaps with their story. And you say, hey, there's a story in scripture that, that, that talks about that kind of thing. And that's, that's where people are getting really creative, but it's not an exact science. You know, I mean, we, we, we can't build a bridge with it. You know, you don't, it's not about mortar and brick. And if you put enough of these in place and this, it's, it's about what happens in any one culture, what it changes from culture to culture, from country to country. The scripture doesn't change, but the application of that scripture might change in light of the environment that we find ourselves in. That reminds me of Margaret Hill's definition of scripture engagement that I also really like. Um, Margaret Hill is a scripture engagement consultant that wrote uh, Translating the Bible into Action along with uh, Harriet Hill, and that's a series of lesson plans for training pastors to use scripture in their congregations. Um, she says, uh, scripture engagement is the intersection of anthropology and missiology brought to their p practical application. And I like that too, thinking about the intersection of anthropology and missiology. Yeah, that is good. Which reminds us also that that book uh, is available now, but it will be coming out in an in a re extensively revised version very soon. And I am excited that it's coming out. It's been a very extremely useful book. You talk about, you know, where do you start? That's yet another place to start if you can get mm -hmm. your hands on that book. Yeah, it's on Amazon for $8, translating the Bible into action. And you can get it on Kindle as well. You can wait yeah. for version That's two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. EMDC. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Today, there are over 2,000 languages without a single word of scripture. And there's you, a messenger. Through linguistic scholarship, you'll develop practical skills that can build cross-cultural relationships and transform lives generation after generation. If you're looking for a future that gives you more, look right here. CanIL programs are delivered from our campuses in British Columbia and Ontario, Canada. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with scripture engagement experts today. And we've had some great stories here, and we are just about to uh, wrap up the these two episodes, or yeah, these two episodes where we've been talking about scripture engagement and wrapping up the entire season, actually, uh, season one. So it, it has been exciting to see so many different touch points of how, uh, you know, we're talking about trauma healing, we're talking about uh, felt needs, we're talking about different, you know, Bible apps on your Android or your iPhone, we're talking about how filmmakers can be part of scripture engagement and audio people getting this recorded onto audio devices. Uh, so, and then even any kind of, yeah, weavers, we've done orality. I mean, this really is exciting to sort of see that, that missing final piece of the puzzle gets stuck in there. Now we've got this million piece puzzle and we've finally completed that. So that's, that's personally very rewarding to see, I think. And yeah. I, uh, I'm excited that you guys are here today talking about that. 
as we as we wrap up, uh, what are some other things that you are just dying to to say that we we need to really make sure we include in this episode? There can be a danger when we have so many wonderful scripture engagement products to bring products from other cultures and not work enough with the local people to make their own products. So both are needed, both outside products and locally created products. And I would like to encourage people to work with the local community to make scripture engagement recordings, performances, texts that are designed especially for that intended audience that answer their questions and felt needs. I'd like to just briefly mention uh, multilingualism. That's a big word, but uh, many people around the world speak many languages. Most of us who grow up in America or the UK or whatever have grown up speaking one language and we read and write it. And I have lots of friends who are quite proud of the fact they don't know any other language. But <laughs> uh, And I don't know what they do when they go on holiday. They, they speak more loudly and more slowly or something. But uh, you, know, you know what I mean. But many people grow up speaking many different languages. And uh, uh, this is just natural to them. And they might use one language in school, another language in the marketplace, another language in the home, and so on and so forth. And we call this multilingualism. Um, and it's connected with urbanization as well, because the more urban people become, the more multilingual they tend to be. Um, and... Uh, it means that when we build our Bible apps and make our films and whatever, what have you, we have to think what languages need to go go on there, plural, you know, not just singular. Um, because somebody might, uh, well, I'll give you a story. I was um, I was at a workshop. It was actually an arts workshop, um, and there was a person there from West Asia, from the country where I had worked, and I found this very exciting. And she spoke the language and she dressed. The normal way that people dress in that country but when I showed her the Bible app she, and she wasn't very excited until she saw that Russian was on there and she said oh great it's got Russian that's what I need because that's what I use you know when I read the Bible but then then I pointed out to her that, that the fact it's got both is also really good and she said she thought about it and she said yes when I'm sitting in the village I can have two windows open I can have the Russian and the local language and I can read the Russian for myself and then I can read out the local language to them or play the audio. And that, that's the language they understand. They don't understand Russian. So, you know, it worked for her as a believer who understands both languages. But for whatever reason, because of her education, probably prefers to read the Bible in Russian. And that's OK. You know, we we shouldn't preach at people like that. We should just say, that's fine. Use whatever language you want. But it's great that you can use the local language with your friends. That's a big that's a big uh, example right there because that came as a hard lesson for us as an organization because we were all about minority languages whether you like it or not so to say you yeah. know what I mean so sure. we are going to give this to you you're going to eat your vegetables and you're going to enjoy them you know so it's it's uh, it was a it was a good and a hard lesson for us to learn we're still learning it I'm sure the. Uh, to understand that people interact with different languages and different levels and the scriptures at different levels and different languages and we need to under, understand and appreciate them uh, appreciate that about them and give them the honor and dignity they need to be able to ch make that choice themselves and not impose it on them so thanks for that example david mm -hmm. yeah. these are these are very very good and very exciting things I want to maybe to be the last one to quote but but say something else that I think is an important part of this 
I said we've had a chance to visit a lot of places. I, you know, I read about a lot of places. Our, my students have been to hundreds of places and looked at seen, seen what God was doing. And the whole accumulation of what God has been doing around the world is really phenomenal. I think all of us can benefit from taking what, uh, what I call a hundred-year view. Imagine yourself a hundred years from now. What really mattered? What will really be important to us? And I think that as soon as we say this, all five of us would say, you know what will really be important to us 100 years from now is the number of people that we've had an influence on one way or another. We've had some contribution toward them being there. They have that joy. Mm -hmm. They have that life. They have been transformed. Mm -hmm. And we had an inchy teensy bit of, of that, whether it yeah. was we were designing apps or we were you know, helping people develop their own music, or we were translating the Bible, or we were helping them to get excited about their own language. All those things contribute, but the end result is what really is important here. And I have seen that God's word has answers for people's lives. God transforms people through scripture engagement. And that, that is the core that continues to excite me. That's beautiful. Thanks, Wayne. I almost feel like we should end with a couple of us praying. Um, we don't need to think about how God is going to deal with prayers that are done through space and time continuums in a podcast environment. <laughs> we'll let that sort out on its own. Um, but that would be a great way, I think, of, of kind of wrapping up not just these two episodes about Scripture engagement, but this first season as we have learned so much from different experts. Um, yeah, Steve, would you mind starting us in that? We do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to talk about your word. It's, it's so important in our lives. It's so important in every culture of the world, cultures that are vastly, vastly different one from the other, and yet somehow your scripture has the way of speaking into that culture in a very appropriate way. So thank you, Lord, for allowing us, as Wayne said, to be part of that team that has something to do to get your scripture out there in relevant ways for people. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember that we don't have all the answers. We don't have a one-size-fits-all uh, approach. We know that um, people need your word, and they know how to find out eventually how that word applies to their lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be part of that effort. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you that your kingdom grows in, in mysterious and miraculous ways. And uh, thank you that although we talked a lot today about methods and um, technologies and what have you, at the end of the day, it's your work, Lord, and just want to rem remember that and give you the glory uh, because it's it's all about giving glory to you, Lord, and to the Lamb upon the throne. Uh, and uh, we worship him now. Thank you. Mm. 
Lord, we ask you, as Paul asked the Thessalonians to pray, we pray that your word would spread rapidly and be honored everywhere it goes. Thank you for getting to be part of that. We ask that you would please speak to the people who are listening now and that you would give them ideas how to work with their communities so that your word would spread rapidly and be honored everywhere it goes. Yes, Heavenly Father, we thank you. I, I join with the others in thanking you that you are the, are the God who is building your church. You are bringing people to faith. You are working in powerful ways in people's lives. And we have a part of it. What an amazing thing that we have. We just want to thank you for that. We look forward to what you're going to keep on doing. We ask that you will bring it on, bring it stronger. Help each person that needs to learn something new about how their part is. To be able to learn that, we thank you for EMDC and the parts that it has in helping people find out better ways to do the part that you're giving them to do. And we just... We look forward to how you're going to keep on doing that more and more because at the end of the day, this is your work and not ours, and we thank you for that. Lord, we love you. We love your word. We want to see everyone love your word and love you. So thank you for the efforts of those that have gone before for generations and centuries. We're standing on their shoulders we're standing on their prayers, and we're not the end. This is going to continue until you come, Lord. And so I pray that you would just use each and every person who sees Scripture engagement as a way to really see people come to know you and to have lives transformed, whether it's through trauma healing or healthcare lessons or whatever that way is, whatever that method is, Lord. Um, God, we know that your word is powerful and it speaks to us. And so thank you for this opportunity to hear about scripture engagement and for helping these people set up organizations that train people in this kind of, of thought uh, so that we can be most effective. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to stop recording here. Oh, wait a second. David, are you the David that happened to do a little jig for the yes, whole he did. season. That's uh, that's like his music. Right? Music, yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention that, actually. Well, not myself, but yeah, thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, that's me playing lead guitar. It was Tom Schwartz and I who put that together, and I'm playing two guitar parts on that. I think Tom is playing bass and probably the drums and whatever else, keyboards is, is on there, yeah. I love it. Yeah, the Schwartz Gray Brit Band, right? right? That's, that's, that's right. You're that's right. half of that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's been really fun to to listen to that. Um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of talent within our community. So thank you for sharing yours with us. Okay, no problem. And thanks to Tom. Even though Tom's not here uh, with us today, we're thankful for him too and yeah. playing his part. And thank you, Tim, for putting together right. this whole first season. This first season has been great. Thanks for putting that together. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this season of the EMDC podcast. Feel free to share it in public forums with those you think will find interest in our topics. If you have any comments, do reach out by emailing podcast at emdc.live. Head over to emdc.info to learn about our upcoming online trainings, read our blog, find resources, 
or learn about our physical conferences. Original theme music is created by our very own Schwartz Gray Band. Thank you.